Part 9. It took forever. It couldn't have been ten feet. It felt like fifty. Down and down, feet catching the knot, swaying and turning to smack his body against the rough sides of the tunnel. Down and down until hands clasped his boots and he almost screamed, looked down in panic, saw Gabrielle smiling up at him, realized that he'd been descending into the light for some time now. Sweat slicked his brow, ran down his spine. He quickly dropped the last six feet and then sat down, nursing his savaged hands, blinking away the pain and fear, and only then, finally, looked around. It was nightmarish. The tunnel felt tiny, cramped. Simon was crouched to one side, panning his camera back and forth, a gun in his hand. Gabrielle had torn off her beanie, her pale blonde hair luminous in the dark. They were in a horizontal tunnel that extended in two directions, the vertical shaft that led up to Mary Ellen's Peace Kingdom dropping into its center. Barely tall enough for them to stand hunched, sides so close they rubbed against their shoulders. No hallway, this, but a rat's tunnel, claustrophobic and close. Let's go, said Gabrielle. Her eyes were alight, Joshua saw. She was keyed up, electrified, looked beautiful. Remember, said Simon, we go back when I say, we leave when I say we quit. I'm taking point. His voice was hushed in the close darkness. Sure, said Gabrielle, but Joshua could tell her energy, her enthusiasm had infected Simon as well. They rose to their feet. She touched one of the walls. They must have tunneled this out themselves, she said, by hand. Look at these marks. Joshua stared at the tunnel walls, but could barely make out what she was talking about. He dug out his camera, flicked on his flashlight. All right. All right. Simon took three large walkie-talkies from his pack and handed two of them over. These are going to be essential in case we split up, he said, sounding smug. Here, they're simple. He pressed the large button on the side of his and said, voice calm, serious, This is Alpha Mega 5. Over. Gabrielle and Joshua's walkie-talkies immediately began to hiss and spit with static. Simon frowned. Here, he said, let me adjust this. He began to fiddle with the dials, and Gabrielle looked over to Joshua and raised an eyebrow. After a few more moments of experimentation, Simon gave up and took the walkie-talkies back with ill-hidden grace. Pointedly not making eye contact with the other two, he began to walk forward, following the tunnel as it curved around to their left. The smell down here was earthy, warm, a faint hint of something spoiled and sweet in the air. Simon was breathing in shallow, controlled breaths, holding his maglite and gun ahead of him as best he could in the manner cops did on TV. Already his arms were shaking from the effort, however. They moved forward in silence. After thirty steps, Simon stopped and raised his light. A new shaft had appeared in the ceiling of the tunnel. Cautiously, he stepped below it and looked up, peering into the gloom. Joshua tried to control his imagination. It was so easy to imagine something dropping down on them from above, an animated corpse, all sunken eyes and incisors, going for Simon's throat. Suddenly, panicked, he whipped around and shone his light behind them. Nothing. Nothing there. All clear, said Simon, voice stiff, almost formal. He began to move forward again, Gabrielle and Joshua each pausing beneath the shaft to peer up into the obscure gloom above. They passed another three shafts before the tunnel joined a second and grew wider as a result. 
They all still had to hunch, but now there was a little more elbow room. At what point do we go back? He asked, feeling breathless, lightheaded. What kind of airflow was there down here? How deep were they? Everything had become a repetition of curved, hand-dug walls, electric white illumination, and profound, smothering darkness. If you were to freak out down here, if you were to lose it, he would thrash within this tiny tunnel, constrained by its close walls. When we see something, said Gabrielle, and then caught herself. Or when Simon says we go. Simon grunted in affirmation, turned to look forward once more. A little further, then. Let's go. Being the shortest of the three, he was hunched the least, but still he had to duck his head. They moved on, feet scuffing at the ground, Joshua turning frequently to look behind. The tunnel was sloping down now, deeper into the earth. Joshua checked his watch. He should have checked the time when they first came down. No way to tell how long they'd been here. Sweat was running down his face still. It was getting warmer. Simon slowed. It takes a corner here. Slowly now. The curve was too gentle for him to actually peer around, so they traced the tunnel's turn, flashlights playing before them. It opened out into a large burrow, the ceiling still low but the walls pulling away. Simon froze, stopped altogether. But Gabrielle shouldered past him, and Joshua was just one step behind. His heart stuttered, and he nearly screamed. Arrested by their lights, turning away to shield their faces with great creased palms tipped with shovel claws, were a half dozen things. Standing on their rear legs, draped in wrinkled folds of loose pink skin, thick and solid, and about four or five feet in height, they were crammed into the back of the chamber, stirring restlessly in the light. Definitely not human. Definitely, definitely not human. Joshua felt as if his chest were about to burst, stumbled back without realizing it, Simon shoving Gabrielle ahead of them as she strove to get a better point of view. They rounded the corner, left the chamber behind. Joshua blinked furiously, shaking his head. They hadn't been able to see their faces, just the sides and backs of their heads, blocked by their hands. They hadn't done more than stir, as if sluggish or roused from sleep, but they were there. Around the corner. Right there. We go, said Simon. That's it, we're out. What? Why? asked Gabrielle, trying to look past Simon's body, light playing along the tunnel's other wall. Because I fucking said so is why, said Simon, voice becoming high-pitched. But they didn't do anything, said Gabrielle. They're not dangerous. I can feel it. We need to get a better shot. Did any of you even film them? I said we leave. You said I could call it. You said I could. Simon, calm down. We need a better shot, or this was all for nothing. Come on. They were scared of the light. One more peek. Simon shook his head. He had turned to stare back in the direction of the burrow. No, absolutely not. We're leaving. I'm leaving. You can come with me or stay. Gabrielle shook her head. I want one more shot. Simon looked back at her, gun and flashlight still pointed ahead. You promised. You said I could call it. He sounded like he was almost pleading. Gabrielle snorted. <laughs> when we've come so close, no. Fine, said Simon. Fine, stay down here if you want. I'm out. I'm fucking out. And then he was squirming past Gabrielle, shoving her aside. Let's go, Joshua. Leave this crazy bitch down here if she wants to die. Joshua stared, open-mouthed at Simon, and then passed him at Gabrielle. She was watching him, 
face composed, eyes wide. He couldn't think. He was frozen, numb. The tunnels were pressing in around him. I... Let's go, asshole! Move! Simon began to shove past him, pressing him roughly against the tunnel wall. Gabrielle's eyes were on him. He couldn't look away. He couldn't leave her down here. Nor could he stay. Gabrielle, he said, please, let's go. She shook her head with such slow finality that he felt his heart sink and closed his eyes. You guys are fucking idiots, snarled Simon, pausing to look back at them once. Nice knowing you. Then he turned and began to hustle back. Crude Sunlight by Phil Tucker The Buffalo State Asylum for the Insane is a grand and terrible building. Abandoned over 40 years ago, its rooms and halls no longer ring with tortured screams. When his younger brother goes missing, Thomas Veercraft comes to Buffalo to find him, following a trail of black and white photographs and disturbing homemade videos, he tracks Henry down to the doors of the State Asylum. It's the last building his brother entered before he disappeared. Crude Sunlight, available now on Amazon.com.